Hi everyone, Josh and Ryan here. Welcome back to the Supercent Podcast, the personal development podcast hosted by the youngsters for once. Research shows if you put a hundred random people in a room, somewhere amongst them, there will be just two truly incredible, inspirational people who are living their lives to the fullest. In this podcast, we bring those exact people to you, week in and week out. Join us on our journey as we learn the secrets, routines and dreams of the Two Percenters. Hey guys, welcome back to the Two Percent Podcast. So today, Josh and I are going to be going through some Reddit questions. So this is normally a feature of a normal episode with a guest. uh, But today, what Josh and I are going to do is just hit Reddit no preparation at all, just spontaneously go through and chuck each other questions and see what answers we can come up with. So are you ready, Josh? Does that sound, sound that good? That sounds excellent, Ryan. Let's begin. Brilliant. <laughs> okay, so the first question that I found here, um, it's not actually from a self-improvement forum, but I thought it was quite interesting. Um, yeah. Someone said, millennials, what is the one thing that the rest of us just don't understand? So they're asking... The millennials as a whole there what do people who aren't millennials not understand this is coming from somebody who's I'm assuming not a millennial asking to yeah yeah um what do they not understand it's difficult because there's a lot of talk in there at the moment about kind of generational gap generational differences and kind of this war between old and young people and you know, there's five generations in the workplace, and it's all going to go, all going to go wrong in like ten years' time when all the millennials are in charge and whatever. I think there's been a big shift of technology throughout um, generations, and so you know, I think we're defined as like Gen Z or something, and people above us are like millennials, and then you've got kind of baby boomers and everything else. And technology is the main kind of difference between that with Gen Z and millennials being people who have been brought up as digital natives without knowing anything else. And so I think maybe there's this kind of conception of or preconception of because some older people take longer to understand technology. There's this kind of and maybe maybe that's something that um, because there's a, a knowledge gap there more often than not. It can be frustrating. I don't know. It's a really difficult one. Yeah, for me, for me, uh, the first thing that came to my mind, um, I guess it's kind of related to technology, would be like influencer culture. I don't think mm. uh, the older generation understands so much. So when whenever I see like I don't know, lad Bible or someone will do a post about an influencer on social media, mm. and then all the comments from like older generation people will be like, "Oh, they do nothing all day. Like they're getting paid to." to waste away like they're they're a waste Mm. of the space in the economy and um i don't think they understand that that influencer career path is actually very viable and it's a it's a proper feasible job these days it's a thing yeah yeah um and it's not as easy as you do nothing all day take a photo and and you're a millionaire like behind the scenes there's a lot of work that goes into these people's lives that they're crafting like social media marketing taking the photos going out with the marketing especially there's a lot that goes on behind that sort of like um search engine optimization posting regularly like content generation do you know what i mean it's it's, it's yeah i think people underestimate that it's a yeah no no it's true and just on that i saw i saw on twitter yesterday um lbc the radio station so 
bear in mind, um, owned by Global, kind of one of the biggest um, kind of public discussion, often politics and things like that, shows um, in the country. It's a really quite a popular radio station. I follow them on Twitter and I think their banner said like 2.2 million listens weekly. And then I immediately just thought back to YouTube and pretty much every single person or channel that I follow on YouTube gets like, I don't know, they're all quite popular in, in their category. So probably like between two and five million views per video or kind of the lesser ones, kind of a few hundred thousand. So numbers wise, some of the channels and influencers get so many more eyeballs than than the listens on the kind of native radio, which I think is is probably a source of frustration and because maybe it's a lack of understanding. I mean, I don't think we understand why certain people are popular. They just get popular. They just are. Um, so maybe that's a kind of frustration that goes on. Um, so there's a kind of understanding on one side, but on another, it's kind of, I don't know what these people do, but they own loads of money or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But no, it's a survival career path. And a lot of people I think will um, be aspiring to, to achieve it. Yeah, I, th- I think like 60% of people in secondary school aspire to be an influencer or something now. Yeah. It's crazy. Okay, one for you then. So I hear a lot of stuff around, I need to do something new every day, but I don't know what to do. Can you help? I need to do something so new kind of, every day. Yeah, so kind of, I think from what they're saying, they're kind of reading a lot of stuff where, it says that they need to do something new every day to feel good, to feel productive, to be kind of getting towards becoming a two percenter, to kind of be living that living their life to the fullest. Okay. But I'm not sure what this is at. so interesting being on the other side of the table, uh, answering the questions on the spot. <laughs> we, we, I didn't really we put our list, uh, I guess, yeah, hard challenge. They do well to be fair to come up with this stuff. <laughs> yeah, I feel like people think it's scripted or something, but it's like. Just, no yeah Yeah. anyway the first thing that comes to my mind is you don't need to you don't need to (laughs) as in like you might need to but you don't need to because you've read it or someone else has told you to whether Mm. you need to is dependent fully on your own own body like the key to the personal development self uh improvement industry for me is listening to yourself no one knows what works for you as much as you do so try it if you haven't tried it, you don't know that you, you might try and do something new every day. And then what actually happens is you feel absolutely shattered. You feel like you're not really focusing on anything. You're just doing everything a little bit. Okay. So yeah, that would be the first point. You don't, you don't know you need to, unless you try see, see how it goes. Yeah. But I guess I see where the phrase comes from. Like try something new every day. I think, I think maybe every day is too frequent. Like what? What realistically can you try new every day, in a, in in a reasonable time frame? If you've got a full time job and everything, I think. Yeah, that's true. I think maybe every week, every month, then it's, it's yeah, it's a positive thing. Like experimentation, is um, is key, especially especially in your younger career. Like, um, something I want to do a lot more is sort of experimentation, in my younger years. Like try as much as I can while I've got a bit of a yeah. safety net yeah I, and, and what i'm talking about there is things like sports hobbies uh, work experience opportunities 
stuff like that, trying trying things new every every few weeks, every month, I think is very positive. Every day for me, I don't, yeah, I, I couldn't even think of seven different things to try feasibly within the next yeah. week. So well, I don't know what your thoughts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I identify with this quite a lot actually because I sometimes look around and I just think I've got so many sort of half done half finished something I've tried but then given up or whatever projects just kind of surrounding me like at one point I was like okay I'm gonna sell all my old tat on eBay I'm gonna go through it and I'm gonna you know rebuild old Lego and I'm gonna sell it and then I'm gonna put my clothes um I'm gonna go through my wardrobe and work out what's too small and then take it down the charity shop and I'm going to tidy underneath my bed or, you know, whatever it is. Um, just looking around my room now and thinking, oh, I've half finished that book and that's left over from, that was going to go on eBay, that was supposed to go in the loft and I've kind of half done so many different things or I've got like, I started, um, somebody told me to write a dream diary. So I was like, yeah, brilliant, I'll do that. And then, so I found a spare notepad, put it on my bedside table and I've got like three days in there, I think. And then I just gave up because I just, I just didn't do it. I just didn't carry it on. So I think there's definitely something valuable in trying new things every day, like you say every week or month. But I think actually it's more valuable to find something, do it over a, a longer period of time and then once you get used to doing that and you're, you've integrated that into your routine or whatever, then pick up something else. Yeah, and I, I guess um, what, what exactly what you just said there yeah. is why 30-day challenges are so popular in this space. Yeah. Because that is, you try something new every month. That is a very reasonable time to find something new, try something new. But for that 30-day period, that whole month, you are fully focused and invested in properly trying. Because yeah. every, like you say, every day, let's say one day you, you learn you learn to meditate the first session no one cracks meditation in the first session you'll sit there yeah you can't learn a new skill in one exactly. session can you? like one day so yeah. those sort of deep focus periods where you're fully committed to something i think is more positive than just sort of scattering around a load of things every single every single day yeah happy with that question yeah nice yeah Next question I found here is someone on the self-improvement forum called Curious mm-hmm. Min DM, who has said, making friends who are into self-improvement. So they've got really into the space recently. They love self-development books, videos, YouTube channels, etc. Yeah. So they, they sort of try and share it with their friendship group and they're, they're not really into it as much. So they're sort of saying, how do I find group of friends who are who are interested in developing themselves as much as i am yeah it's a tough one isn't it because something we've spoken about before is you're you're kind of the average of the five people you spend the most time with and stuff and you need to surround yourself with a positive circle of people that you know really help you to grow as a person and things like that but actually it's not like you can just decide that that's what you need to do and then you look at your phone and you're like oh i pick you you're going to be in my circle of friends now um or, and likewise you don't look at people that you spend time with and go oh bye you don't fit this criteria that i've decided for myself so i think it's very much an organic process i think you know the people that you meet in whatever scenario that you're in you have a feeling for them when you meet them but at the end of the day it's just about spending time with people so but they're saying um, they want to find friends, especially in this niche of self-improvement. 
yeah so then what you need to do is network right you need to go and speak to people who are within that kind of niche or message people if you're trying to work online who um either you admire or who you've seen around like liking certain posts that you like or whatever and just talking to people and finding common ground interest and kind of going from there i think it's hard Um, I think this is something that's came very apparent to me recently uh, mm. is that the awareness that personal development is a niche, I think is very important because to me Mm. at the start, like when I first was discovering all this stuff, I just assumed like it's for everyone. Everyone will be interested in it because (laughs) because it's so general. Like everyone deals with stress. Mm. Everyone wants to, uh, well, everyone has the possibility of exploring new opportunities and, advancing in their career it, you kind of make an assumption that everyone wants to know about it whereas realistically there's also a massive group of people that are just they're happy to just live their lives as they are so i think yeah. treating it, no, that, treating no, it as true. a niche yeah. like you would um if you're into a sports team or a, a particular hobby sewing whatever it is treat it as that niche and then you'll realize that you're looking for people with an interest in it rather than just random you know everybody yeah i mean that's what we were talking about earlier this week wasn't it when we were talking about the kind of audience the podcast and um how we're pitching ourselves positioning ourselves and actually personal development isn't a topic that's on any podcast platform you've got business podcasts and you've got sports podcasts and you've got all these other categories but actually personal development as a as a quote-unquote category isn't a thing because it is just so general that it feeds across so many different sectors and things like that. Um, so maybe, yeah, as a, as direct advice, try and narrow down beyond personal development, what it is about people that you admire that you want to spend time with and then seek out people who, who share those qualities. So to break that down, you've got personal development as a wider topic, but actually what you admire about, I don't know, Bob, who's really good at the violin, is that he's really dedicated to what he's doing. And so you value people with that skill trait. Okay, fine. And then break it down even further and find out what you value about certain people that you would like to spend time with but don't. And then just seek out people that that share those traits. Yeah, that's interesting advice to be fair. I've got some more, a bit of different advice in a minute. But um, yeah, that's quite cool what you said. So like everyone everyone potentially has aspects of personal development without them realizing it. So like you could say you could befriend or learn from somebody that's incredibly dedicated or learn from someone that's incredibly loyal to their girlfriend and and mm. create those positive influences in your life without wanting them to be a complete self-improvement enthusiast all around. Yeah, no, no, exactly. Like if you think about it from a relationship standpoint, you might be attracted to somebody, but you're not, just attracted to them because of how they look you like the fact that they are very caring you like the fact that you know whatever you like traits about a person and that serves for for making friends as well you you don't just like someone just because you've got a gut instinct you know you like the fact that they support the same football team as you or you like the fact that they live in the same area as you because you can speak to them a lot like find out what things what traits like that you gravitate towards naturally because we all have yeah. them and then if you know follow that i mean what, what was your no, thought that, yeah that's cool advice um i was going to say just more specifically like if if you do want to specifically make friends who are interested in this niche of 
self-improvement the way there's a few ways you could easily go about it i think um firstly online like it's so easy to find people interested in a specific niche online now so like instagram mm. just hit like hashtag personal development Get the see who's posting yeah. about it same with linkedin as well see who's building a, a career or a brand in that space just by typing in personal development self-improvement use of hashtags etc that's an easy way to do it and then reach out to them if they if they're near you or even if they're not Mm. yeah it's a cool way and then, then there's also groups i think like events and and stuff like eventbrite and meetup are very good places to meet people that are interested in that with you so like myself and ryan we went to a what was it called like a life coaching two-day event didn't we like last year yeah it was what was it called coaching, coaching academy yeah um with a company that put it on and so it's kind of a you know two-day introduction to coaching as, as a profession as, a, as an industry and it was led by um, some experienced coaches they went through some seminars coming about goal setting and things like that so that was really interesting and we, we met some awesome people, people we wouldn't... there didn't we mm. yeah exactly that people we wouldn't normally meet um so yeah at like those there's loads and loads of free events especially if you live in a big city like london or somewhere um, there's loads of free events you can turn up to and everyone there will have a similar sort of mindset meditation events personal growth events career events yeah the list goes yeah, on so... It? okay so one one for you go back yep. out yeah we covered that one well uh, so next one uh user throw away one two three four wants to know how they can sustain the motivation for cold showers because they know that it benefits them, but they end up flaking off. Motivation for what, sorry? For cold showers. Uh, yes. So having a cold shower. Uh, in the uh, that's an interesting one. Um, I've Yeah, okay. I've tried this before as well. I don't know. It's a hard one because they're horrible. I hate cold showers so much. <laughs> but that's why, that's why people advocate them, isn't it? Because it's really bad or you know it feels horrible in the moment but actually it's really refreshing and it sets you up for your day and all of these yeah things. there's one guy a guy called wim hof wim hof w-i-m hof w-i-m-h-o-f yeah. go look at him he will be able to give you more motivation than i will when it comes to the world of cold uh showers he so he's he's like some soup i think he calls himself like oh the damn, superhuman yeah. ice man the uh, ice yeah. man is a Dutch extreme athlete noted for his ability to withstand freezing yeah, he just temperatures. puts himself in like the Arctic <laughs> and freezes all the time. So check him out. He, he's wow. a really cool, interesting character. He might be able to give you some tips. My advice on that would be, I don't know. It's hard because for me, I'm not motivated to do it. So it's hard to say what, like, to me, the pain mm. and like the discomfort doesn't bring me as much benefits yeah. as what the experience is like. Like I tried yeah. it a few times. I was like, oh, it's freezing. And then <laughs> I was like, I don't want to do that again. So, yeah. But I, I guess, I guess with all things, like it's building yourself up to it. So, one way mm. I used to do it was to start with a warm shower and then gradually mm. lower the temperature That's rather than just jumping straight in. So, you, yeah, because I could never do that. I can never go for warm and then make it cold. I would have to just go cold and then make it warm. So I, well, um, I would have a warm yeah. shower because that's what I enjoy. Like personally, I love a warm shower. So I'd have a warm shower. Yeah, and then yeah. Also, if anyone's listening, like why the hell would you have a ice cold shower? There's supposedly a numerous like health benefits to having cold showers. So it sort of gets mm. your, I think it gets your blood cells 
go in like so it gets your adrenaline going doesn't it for the day so yeah I used to have a hot shower because that's what I enjoyed and then within like the last 30 seconds I would literally just go and switch it to ice cold and just like yeah and then yeah. just jump out yeah I don't know look on look on YouTube there'll be there'll be people that, <laughs> look up that do guy. it more than I do because I'm, I'm not a fan personally yeah have oh, you yeah, um, have you had ice showers um, I go through phases of going for them and then I, I, I similar to this guy almost, I, I can't make it stick. So coincidentally, I had a cold shower this morning just because it was really hot during the night. <clears throat> My room is south facing actually, so it can get quite warm in here. Um, and so I was just like, you know what, I'm warm. I kind of need to wake up. I'm just going to have a cold shower. And then the kind of strategy I have is I just step in, turn it cold, and then probably half a minute to a minute it will gradually get warmer anyway just because the you know the tank or whatever it is will will just start doing warmer water so that sort of helps but i mean you can you can control the temperature yourself so yeah it's a tough one i think i'd also say you know assess why it why it is you want to be motivated to have cold showers like like what you basically just said josh was like I don't care about having a cold shower or not. Like I will find motivation to do other things that bring more value exactly. to me. So I, I, I guess kind of assess, is it you actually do want to have cold showers because you want to experience these health benefits or you want to feel more refreshed if that's, you want to test it out for yourself or are you thinking that you want to do that because, you know, somebody online or one of your friends or whatever has told you that it's something you should yeah, do. Yeah, hundred percent. I, I back that. See if, do you actually want to do it? Because if you do, you'll probably be yeah. more motivated. And then I just say general theories of mental, because it's hard, like you say, it's hard for me to relate because I don't want to do it. But general theories of motivation mm-hmm. for me when I'm sticking to habits that I do want to do, like going for a run or reading or listening to podcasts, whatever it is, having like yeah. an accountability buddy is always helpful. Mm. Someone that sort of, whether it's someone you live with or a partner or someone that you're close to where they can just say, did you have your cold shower today? Like that yeah, social yeah. accountability is always really important and can help you achieve things that you want to do. And then making a, making a record of it, I think is, is another way of achieving accountability. So like habit trackers, I, I like, yeah. Um, just you just mark list, it yeah. each day. And then once you've done three days, you're more, mot- you're like, Oh, I don't want to lose my three days. It's like streaks on Snapchat or whatever. I don't want yeah. to lose my three day streak. Like, I've got to have it do it again. So they're just little, little help, like helpful things that can push you that for a bit further. Yeah, nice. Uh, let me have a look. I haven't been scrolling through. So, oh wait, there was one. There was a sub question underneath that making friends one, which I wanted to ask you about. Uh, and it says, "Do you feel like some of your friends have their shit together without being consciously into self improvement?" Without being consciously into self-improvement. So they're just like doing well in life. They're... Oh, so as in they're not into self-improvement, but they're killing Pretty it. Pretty much, yeah. Um, That's an interesting question because I, I think like most people, you know, get the sort of comparison vibe of thinking, you know, looking at people online or chatting to people, catching up and thinking, God, you've really got it, got, got it together, you know. Um, but I think the way I separate that is, you know, they're not related things. 
you know, my mind's quite logical. So I will have that thought and then sort of check myself and think, okay, yeah, but the fact that they're, they've got their stuff together doesn't necessarily mean that I don't have mine together. And even if they do, it's completely irrelevant. Like they're not connecting in any way. So it's not like if I get my stuff together a bit more that they suddenly go down, you know, you, you've got, a, they're not related at all. Um, and you've just got to remind yourself of that day to day, like as long as it takes. And it's not easy at all. Like there are so many times that I talk to people or I think about stuff that I'm doing and I judge myself and I'm like, oh, you know, you shouldn't have done that or why haven't you done more of this, whatever it is. And then I'll be all sudden annoyed and I'll go to Instagram and I'll be like, oh God, I should not have looked at that. Look at you, buddy. You know, and it will just circle around. But I think the importance is trying to separate whatever you're going through and whatever you're, whatever's happening for you with stuff that everyone else is doing. Like there's no reason you can't lift yourself up or be doing stuff that's benefiting you just the same as everyone else is doing the same for them. Like that's what you want. You don't want to be in a world or in a society or in a, in a position where you're kind of knocking yourself down just because of what other people are doing. Yeah. So I, I guess what you're picking up on there is that he's, it, there's sort of some sort of comparison aspect going on, which you, which you don't want. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it's as much as you don't want it. I think the comparison stuff is inevitable. It's unavoidable. And I think if you acknowledge that it's unavoidable, then when the thoughts next come, you can better manage and address what, them. So, what about on the topic of just can you, be, can you have your shit together without being consciously into self-improvement? Of course you can. 100%. You don't have to listen to podcasts and watch videos and read self-improvement books and anything to have your have your shit together or whatever. It's like, you know, I mean, what does that even mean? It comes back to by what definition is having your shit together. Like, it's your own definition. And so if your definition is different to somebody else's and you're both living up to it, then, you know, fine. Good on your boat. Yeah, well, I would say... Um... I think there's two sides to the coin. I think some people can be too invested in self-improvement. It's what um, Louis said it really nicely. I think he said... Personal development maybe comes at a little bit of a detriment of kind of personal acceptance. I really liked way. because it was he was basically saying, like, if you're, constant, if you're pursuing this relentlessly without ever just being grateful and appreciating what you've done and who you are, it can get mm. demoralizing. And I think I have met people like that where I'm, it's given me a bit of an awareness, like, you know, just yeah. chill out in a way. Like, it's, yeah, but, yes, yeah. but I think by pursuing it and building your knowledge in it, um, it will help you to become subconsciously self, more self aware. And that's yeah. when you can have your shit together without always reading and, and being in obsessed with self-improvement like obsessive about it yeah yeah exactly that obsessive word is the key but i think building your knowledge in it is a is a good thing especially at a young age really until it becomes kind of just in your nature yeah subconscious yeah yeah for sure cool do you want to throw one more question and then we'll come round it up yeah yeah so i'm gonna give you one now which isn't from reddit it's from um, my diary a website called <laughs> <laughs> it's from a website called odyssey online okay. um and 
the title of this article is 50 questions to ask yourself for personal growth. So basically on there, there's 50 questions that are just kind of random questions about personal growth, personal development. Mm -hmm. And so the one I picked out for you is what do you take for granted? What do I take for granted? Hmm. It's an interesting question because by the very nature of taking it for granted, you're probably not aware of taking it for granted. So it requires a bit of, but um or maybe maybe then what did you used to take for granted if you can't think you no there'll definitely be some things <laughs> i would take for granted <laughs> i reckon okay so i something i've i've said to myself a lot and i i am kind of aware of but i don't i kind of take for granted on a daily basis maybe um mm. is i think my relationships like Mm. that to me human relationships are the key to success and a happy life like i have so like i've been very very lucky i've had i I have and i have had so many great relationships with different kinds of people from teachers to friends to peers to um colleagues to managers who've who've really cared and and looked after me and taught mm. me stuff, and I think that is that is really what makes makes up my life. Really, is the relationships I have with other people. So that is something that um, maybe goes underappreciated on on a daily basis. Yeah, yeah, I really like that. Um, and I think when you said that, the first thing that came to my mind was the majority of things of, of people. If you said you know, what are the top five moments of your life or whatever. They relate to people and they relate to experiences. They don't relate to products or brands or anything yeah. like that. But actually on a, on a day-to-day, people are thinking more about, you know, their paychecks and the brands and whatever they're so buying. So you glad I didn't say, um, that kind of... I, I take my iPhone for granted or something like that? Yeah, because I just <laughs> that shop. Like, that's a really bad answer, Josh, say again. Like, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, I, th- I think for me, the first thing I thought of when I read the question out was something from sick form actually. And it probably sounds really corny and rubbish, but I'm going to say it anyway, in the, so I did the international baccalaureate, which is basically a set of A-levels. And in doing that, we had to do theory of knowledge, which is basically philosophy and kind of existential questions. And we had to write essays and stuff. Um, and one of the philosophers was a guy called Karl Popper. And an experiment, a thought experiment that he spoke about was about a bag of marbles, I think. And basically, if you reach your hand in and you pick out a marble each time, there is no scientific way of proving that the next one is going to be a marble. And the analogy of that is that you never know that the sun's going to rise tomorrow. It has every single day of your life so far, but there is no guarantee that it will tomorrow. And so there's a very sort of kind of existential morality question around that of actually i think everyone takes for granted that you're going to be alive tomorrow because there's no guarantee wow that's um, deep so wait so yeah, was the marble example you're saying like you might reach in tomorrow and there's no more marbles left is that what you mean as in scientifically you know you could empty the bag of marbles and see that it's all marbles but when you fill it up there is no guarantee that that's what's going to come out next just like there is no scientific provable guarantee that the sun is going to rise tomorrow. There is no guarantee. You might not wake up 
you might, um, you know, the sun might have gone out. You know, something like you can you can posit scientific theory around why it will, and you can scientifically and statistically analyze why it should and why it might, but you can never say that it will because it's not a certainty. Yeah, I see. I see what you're saying. But that, that's when you come into kind of philosophy and thought experimentation. Um, but yeah, I really like that to kind of analyze your own morality in that way. Morality, mortality. Yeah, mortality. I um, thought you meant mortality. I was. No, no, I did. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's my answer. Nice, man. Cool. I feel like. Did you pick that question because you knew you had a really deep answer in your arsenal ready no, to go? <laughs> I, I didn't know. I didn't know. I was scrolling through and there was one where it was like, what is your favourite season and why? And I'm like, I'm not asking that. Let me find something better. <laughs> and so a few above that is what do you take for granted? So I'll wait for that. No, very nice. I, I quite enjoyed doing that episode, to be fair. It was... Mm, that was good. Yeah, thanks very much for listening. And um, see you soon. Bye. Bye. Well, that's it for another episode of the 2% Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed recording. If you or someone you know has a story to tell, we'd love to hear from you, so please get in touch. Also, we're developing too, so if you liked the episode, give us some love on social to support the series, and if you didn't, let us know how to improve. Stay motivated, follow your dreams, and as always, do it with a smile.